Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians, and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and welcome to episode 258. Our guest today is Nicholas Albrook, frontman for Pond and brilliant solo artist in his own right as well. The WA-born songwriter is releasing his fourth studio record in a few weeks titled Manganese, and he returns to the pod today to discuss the brilliant new record. Before we go any further, please make sure you're following us across all of our socials, whether that be Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use for podcasts. If you are feeling generous, please go ahead and give us a review or a rating, as that always helps. Our guest today is Nicholas Albrook. The prolific psych rock songwriter from WA has been making music for over 17 years now. And whether you know him from his work in Pond, Tem Impala, Albrook Avery, or his solo work, chances are you've listened to Nick's music before. He's making a brilliant return on June 9th with his fourth solo record, which is titled Manganese. Now, this record appears to be a little bit more personal for Nick and sees him combining more serious lyrical content with soaring Australian 80s kind of post-punk and synth rock and classic rock. It, it is a beautiful sounding record sonically. It is classic Pond slash Nicholas Albrook. And for any fans of any of his projects, you will not be disappointed with this brand new record. In today's episode, we talk to Nick about the sonic inspirations for Manganese and how they kind of came to be due to his songwriting uh, techniques. We discuss his forthcoming solo tour and how it differs from touring with the Pond guys. We also discuss the juxtaposition that this new record holds with these gorgeous and soaring melodies that are kind of mixed with more serious lyrical content. We do also, right at the end, get some incredible music recommendations from Nick, which is what we've come to expect from him anytime he does jump onto the pod. The tour dates... For Nicholas Albrook, along with where you can pre-order, buy or save manganese can all be found within today's show notes. And we do want to thank Jake from Inside Out Agency for his help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Nicholas Albrook. This song is yours, Nicholas Albrook. Hello, kind sir. How are we? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you, Nick. Um, where are you? Where are you joining us from today? I'm in my home in Fremantle, WA. <laughs> lovely, lovely. What is a? How is WA treating you at this very moment? It is mid-May. Um, is it? Is it cold over there? 
at the moment? Yes. Yes. <laughs> sort of. I mean, it depends. It depends who you're asking. You know, for me, cold. But I think that would be pretty rich if you, you know, to some of the people um, northern in the northern hemisphere. They always think I sound like a real dickhead when I'm. Uh, Saying, oh, yeah, it's getting cold here too. In fact, even my parents, they live over in um, the sort of highlands like near Canberra. They always sort of sneer at me when I say, oh, yeah, it's starting to get chilly over here, you know, because it's fucking freezing (laughs) over there. Yeah. (laughs) It's all comparable and it... it, Two different parties and places can be cold at the same time. So, look, I think it's very fair. I'm hoping that you're able to keep warm during these times. Um, (laughs) It is a very exciting time at the moment, Nick. Uh, There's a brand-new record almost here from yourself. It's on the way. It is called uh, Manganese and it is out June 9th. Firstly, congratulations on this brand-new record. Thank you so much. Cheers. No, of course. It is... um, I was having a look. It's the fourth studio record from yourself. Uh Um, And in terms of prolific output, I think that you've got it covered, Nick, in terms of there's your solo stuff, there's Pond stuff, there's, um, what was it, Oldbrook and Avery. Mm. Where does, I guess, firstly, where does this work ethic come from? Do you ever stop songwriting and, (laughs) and give yourself a break? It's a funny question, isn't it? Um, I've been thinking about that recently, about, about holidays. Um, and it is really strange when your job is your, um, creative language. And because I can't imagine, I actually, I was, I was thinking about trying to have a break trying to go on a holiday and like so that you don't get burnt out. But um, as soon as, like, I mean, seconds after thinking about it, I thought, oh, yeah, I could take, you know, take some stuff down and be an opportunity to to concentrate on uh, writing a bit more. It's like, no, that's not a holiday. So, no, I mean, I stop songwriting because sometimes you can't Mm. and that'll be for ages, you know, weeks, months, whatever, but I'm always trying. It's just that a lot of the time it's shit. Um, (laughs) And, but I think, I think you do, you, you do become attuned to when it's shit. (laughs) Like I, I, um, Sort of thinking of some lines the other day, I was like, "No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to write that down. That's crap." Um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like um, just touching on what you said at the start of that. I feel like sometimes the the two minds. It's easy to well, it, it's it's that wanting to go and take a step back from things, but then when you kind of get into the planning stages, you realise that. I guess the opportunity of also doing what you're trying to escape from is almost too good as well in that kind mm. of weird dichotomy part of it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's, it is strange because I think, um, I think it's actually uh, the other aspects of life, you know, um, 
that do get in the way of songwriting all the time. Um, so it's, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a holiday. It would be just actually being able to properly disconnect from, um, all the things that don't make me happy, you know, that like, I would love to, I, I, I remember Gil Scott Heron said something about why he bought a house down in, um, Florida because he could just go there and smoke good grass and write and be with his piano and play the songs, write the songs that make him and other people happy. And that's what I sort of imagine. I think that would be, you know, but I see, you know, you've got to work. I I have to work, do jobs and like, you know, I see mates and um, fucking get stuck on the internet. (laughs) doing horrible stuff like that. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Well, I, at, at some point I hope there is a, a holiday in your future where you're able to, um, to to have some form of disconnect. But until that point, um, again, we do have the forthcoming um, manganese on, on the radar. Um, as I mentioned before, you've got Pond, you've got your solo stuff. Is there any kind of tradition or ritual that comes around each time you release music? Because you've, you've got... I think over 13 or 14 studio records between all those different projects. Um, a ritual. Uh, um, what do you mean? Is like, is there anything that you do as you release new music, regardless of the project? Is there something that you do almost as like a, maybe it might be like a little good luck charm thing, or it might be just <laughs> a thing that gets, puts the record in its, correct trajectory yeah um not really nothing that's really um very interesting you know it's the sort of I don't think doing press and stuff is is a ritual it's um (laughs) yeah I think I think that's a really good idea, though. I'd love to actually. I think it would probably it would probably give a bit more um a bit more sort of um yeah, it'd sort of give a bit more weight to the to what's actually happening, and maybe allow myself to appreciate that I've done something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now, nah, by the time it comes to release day, it's just like oh. We don't even meet up and go to the pub or anything. It's just like, <laughs> you know, forget about it, really. <laughs> Are you someone who, once it is out, that it's just kind of, it is out, it's it's to the people and then you kind of, you're already on the next project anyway? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do get a, an extra little kick when I get the vinyl. Mm-hmm. And so I go, ooh, chuck it on. <laughs> Yeah. Have a listen. Um, and, yeah, but that's about it. I do get a lot of joy from playing the songs live, you know, when you, when you can sort of bring them, you know, um, sort of air them in that way. That, that gives it a lot more. Um, then, then it's a sort of constantly shifting relationship with them. So it's new almost all the time. Um, yeah, but the um, the recorded stuff, no, you, you do get a bit. Um, you've heard it a million times. <laughs> yeah. 
you are taking the um, the record out in June around Australia and then I believe in to other corners of the globe. Are you, other than the obvious, obviously, you're not with the, the band uh, this time around, but how do those tours differ from your perspective as, as the artist? Um, how do those tours differ in terms of how you approach them? Um, well, solo ones are strange. They're really strange. They can be. Um, the, the hardest thing with solo, like just me, is um, practising. You're just alone <laughs> in a room and I find myself, like, forgetting to, like, I'll just stop singing in the middle of a song <laughs> and just sort of dr- drift off, you know, like, mm-hmm. get, get, get distracted and, like, look at the, look at the ceiling or whatever. Um, and, it, yeah, it's... They can be good. Um, I do miss, you know, it's really great playing with the band. Um, but there is a sort of, um, there is a sort of um, easy quietness with a solo tour um, in terms of personalities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be quite hectic, um, sort of internalizing everything and setting up all your shit yourself. And, um, yeah, um, I do, I love playing with the, with a band. I think it's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can, cause these songs on this brand new record, which I I don't want to touch on in a second, but a, a lot of them are not kind of quiet solo songwriter kind of songs. There is a lot of, um, I don't even want to say bombast, but there's, there's a, for some of these tracks, there's a lot going on. And I'm curious, is there any chance or any point that you think that you'll maybe tour this record with a full band and kind of have that bigger sound behind it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. in Australia, it'll be with a band. Um, which is Teo Snowball playing bass, Cameron Potts used to play in a band called Baseball um, on drums, and uh, Thea Woodward playing flute and saxophone. Um, and I'll be playing, yeah, doing my thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're right, and I'd love it if it was called, if if the word bombast was thrown around in relation to my music. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be great doing it with those guys. Um, with my, when I'm doing it by myself, I've got sort of drum machines and samples and loops and stuff that I'll just play over the top of, um, mm-hmm. which should be pretty fun, actually. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be, it'll be gas. Um, but, yeah, it's cool. It's fucking fun doing it with, the, um, with a new band, you know, not Pond. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty raucous because, <laughs> um, <laughs> I realized that, you know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's a very, there's a, there's a sort of, um, I look like I'm doing the safety dance. There's, uh, <laughs> it, there's a sort of um, yin and yang kind of synergy uh, where whatever energy I bring is um, is balanced by um, the other people. So having Jay Watson as the sort of MD of Pond um, and this sort of om- om- omniscient uh, critical ear when we're practising, you know, you, you go through a song and, like, as soon as it finishes he'll – go, you know, he'll say, turn to someone in the band and say, I think the rhythm you were doing on the uh, bass, the synth bass is just like a half beat off or something, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> and now that I'm playing in a band where I'm the director, it's mm. just complete fucking chaos, you know, because, like, <laughs> there's no one doing any of those things. There's no one saying, I think that's a bit fast or... um even really, really, really simple directives like that. There's none of that shit. It's just like sort of setting a fuse. And if I enjoy myself, <laughs> then um, all, all's good, you know. Um, that but makes it's the fucking criteria. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> some of the songs have changed, like the songs that haven't even come out yet, just from doing them with the band and like – it's something will get, we'll do something wrong and I won't be bothered to say it's wrong. So mm. it just <laughs> becomes different. <laughs> yeah. I love that though. It's there's, there's sometimes it's nice to see a band that there are, uh, what do you want to call it? Like little imperfections or impurities on a track that you know that they're playing live, that it's, that it's the real kind of raw connection between the musicians absolutely i couldn't agree more i don't i want that's what i want in music Mm. and live music is a is an actual experience with yeah living breathing musicians especially with the fucker you know i mean it's just it doesn't have to especially with the sort of apification of everything every part of our lives, you know, banking and dating and like now that love is being appified, it's just like God, it's <laughs> a bit beyond the pale, right? you know? Um, mm. So like having a sort of flawed 
captured experience with them, um, you know, with live music is fuck is it's is so important to sort of actually feel some sort of connection and feel that something's actually happening in real life in front of you, you know. Um, so that's how I justify all the all the fuck ups we make, con- the constant mistakes <laughs> we're throwing out there, and my my complete lack of uh, authority and direction. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I as I, as I mentioned, I think that it is uh, all the better for it. So, whatever capacity the the songs arrive in in a live form, I'm very excited to see Nick. Good. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> this record is um, it is gorgeous. I know I mentioned it before, but it is a gorgeous record. I feel like sonically, it's kind of got one foot in like Australia uh, '80s Australiana, if you will, in like some of the bands that we were um, putting out in the 80s, like Ice House and In Excess. Um, and then there is still some, uh, I want to say, your normal psych fuzz sounds that people will know you for, that it's kind of got its foot across both of those um, soundscapes, if you will. When you sat down to make this record, was that kind of a conscious thought or was it just a byproduct of what you'd been listening to and how the songs were kind of coming out? Uh, yeah, it was a byproduct, and I think you actually really kind of nailed it. Um, it's just a byproduct of my musical interests being literally like Ice House and like Midnight Oil and um, and the Divinals. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> I just got that. Uh, in the mail just before this, the guy knocked and I like ran out and I was like, yes! Um, being really, really into, um, you know, ambient looping uh, tape tape music and like William Basinski and um, stuff like that, um, Emily Sprague. Um and it's just kind of it, it, there's nothing nothing else could really happen that like um i like making amb- i like i am very interested in ambient music and i like the physicality of making tape loops but what mm. i do is um has a sort of level of bombast and like um blunt instrument you know uh <laughs> yeah so that like it couldn't really be anything else other than a sort of soundscapey type thing with me yelling over the top of it. Um, and yeah, it's the same with the other side of it. I fucking I I am so inspired by that kind of ice pick Australia uh, '80s Australian um, post punk, but I'm not good enough to play it. So it comes out like it is. And um, and I'm really, really obsessed with um, Roy Ayers and uh, Gil Scott Heron and um, those wide uh, piano chords mm-hmm. and um, jazz, you know, jazzy flute. But I can't do it. So <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm me. So it just comes out in the way that it does. You sort of mash all those things together and. Um, through the through the sort of blender of 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 Nick, I suppose. 
<laughs> it's yeah. it's funny that you've mentioned like Gil and and Roy and a few other of those artists because it's funny even as I've listened to the record a few times now, which we, we thank you very much. We're very um lucky enough to have a listen before it has come out, but um oh, no. it is like a good representation of all those artists. I feel it does does kind of cover a lot of ground. There is some incredible instrumentation here. Um, I know you mentioned before with the live band that you've got a flautist and a saxophone player going mm. around with you, which is incredible because um, some of the songs on there just have some beautiful brass and woodwind work. Mm-hmm. Um, one track I would love to talk about, if you'll allow me to, I think it might have been one that did kind of play around with a a drum machine or a, a, a synth kind of pad was Mazda which mm. is a gorgeous song. Yeah. I'd love to know how you kind of built that song and, and the influence or, sorry, the um, the inspiration for that song, sorry. Yeah, that's a funny one. That was like um, I um, made a tape loop um, and I thought it was really nice um, and I had a poem that I'd written about um, driving past a car crash in in the suburbs and it was raining. Um, and sort of I guess I just thought that there was there's, there's a way to put those together, that, that it has to work somehow. And it mm-hmm. took so long because for, for ages it was just this tape loop and me like saying this poem because there's no sort of, there wasn't much melodic information um, uh, or harmonics or anything. Um, and then, so I kept on like inviting people, friends of mine to come around to the studio and just like, just sort of piss around on the on the song with whatever they you know instruments they've got. Uh, throw random things in there, um, like a little clip from a YouTube video, and like <laughs> um, all this stuff like that. And it was like infuriating because nothing. It wasn't like you know. I don't want to sound like I'm sort of over mysticizing the 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 artistic and magic, but like it was totally just not there. And then, for no particular reason, one day I, um, yeah, just pressed one of the presets on a drum machine that Jay had lying around, and I was like, oh. That's that's nice actually, and put it on there, and then did the synth bass line, and then you know five minutes later the song's done after like eight months of <laughs> just <laughs> looking at it and kind of smothering it with uh, with with shit basically, just so much stuff, random mm-hmm. stuff that had no um, yeah. Like I got Julian Barbagello um, to do a drum solo and I didn't even send him the song. It's just like just do, mm-hmm. just wail, just wail on drums. <laughs> <laughs> and he did and it was fucking awesome. Um, but, yeah, so it took it took a, a while to figure it out. 
and then it happened really suddenly and sort of in a in a really understated um, way. Yeah. It is uh, a, a gorgeous song, um, Nick. Uh, the the spoken word nature of it is. I think that's maybe what uh, caught my ear. Um, that that first listen round. Um, but it it is not alone in terms of that. This record seems to, in my opinion, and please tell me if I'm incorrect. It seems to be more of a what's the word? Honest lyrically. Um, on this kind of record, it is touching on some pretty, I want to say, like serious subject matter. That we're talking about um, environmental issues that Australia faces. We're talking about, um, I believe, one of the songs is about the loss of a friend. Um, and what was it? The song "Veil the Cord." You start with, um, "I'm petrified that I have cancer," which is a very bold way to start a song. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, and we don't have to go too far into some of the, the psyche of, of what's brought those lyrics on, but I wonder, sonically, it doesn't sound like that. So how do you find that balance between some of this, these beautiful melodies, as you said before, like these very open style chords and then the lyrical subject matter, which might not lend itself usually to that kind of um, genre or sound? Mm. Yeah, I don't... <sighs> I'm not sure. I uh, I haven't actually really thought about the kind of um, the synergy or the relationship between like what like what you what you'd expect from the type of lyrics I write sonically because I don't really know what you'd expect from the type of lyrics as like a backing a backing soundtrack to the kind of lyrics I write. I got no idea. Um, but yeah, it, you're right. It, it, I, I think I, I something happened. I don't know why. Uh, I just really felt like um, I wanted to be as honest as possible. And sometimes, because I really appreciate that, you know, when other people do it, and. Um, in a way, it's one of my main. It's one of the main ways I communicate, and it's a salve to loneliness. Um, and it really, it really, it really helps me <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot. Um, you know, to, like being talking, writing songs about about stuff that hurts or. Um, yeah, it's it actually, in a weird way, does take a weight out of my heart and put it in into the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope I'm not burdening other people with it, but I feel like I'm. I feel like it's it doesn't work like that. Um, and yeah, there's I don't know. It's like it's I it it's a flaw. It's a character flaw in some ways that I do find it easier to communicate rules with songs than to actually say stuff to people. And sometimes when mm. there's stuff that I really want to say to someone, but I'm too nice or too <laughs> I don't know um, <laughs> too sort of non-confrontational, um, um, I just write it. Um, 
I think that's a, I think that is a big part of um a big part of being a performer as well is like um using a sort of fantasy um version of yourself an inflate mm-hmm. an inflated version of yourself and doing that like um doing that with lyrics is um I think it's more interesting is more interesting to hear the sort of lizard brain of Nick and the id than um yeah than than the uh the top one super ego ego can't remember <laughs> um yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it it just very quickly touching on something you said in the middle there I don't think it I don't think it does at all burden the listener if anything I think that when you are able to Obviously, you're using these songs to to speak about whatever is going on with yourself in your own life, but being able to re almost recontextualize them to sonically sound more upbeat or sonically sound different from the content, if that makes sense, mm. I think can provide solace and support to those people that are listening because it's. I feel like sometimes there is a if you've got sad lyrical content and a sad song, people are more likely to embrace the sadness of that and you know stay in their room do whatever it is that you do when you when you're upset and I think when you've got tracks that do have that juxtaposition that you're able it it personally I can't speak for everyone but I do find it uplifting I find it um very supporting so I think it is um I don't I can imagine no one is burdened by listening to this beautiful record (laughs) I think is what I'm trying to say (laughs) oh thank you I'm glad about that (laughs) <laughs> no, no, of course. Um, Nick, last time we spoke, it was around the time of the release of Nine, the, the most previous, um, oh, sorry, most recent Pond record, and you very kindly made us a playlist. I think it included Divinals, Lindsay Buckingham, Frank Ocean. Um, is there, usually we would ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. I know that you've just received that Divinals record uh, yeah. today. Did I put, do you remember, did I put the uh, siren on that I think playlist? So. Fuck's <laughs> yes, sake, I, I, think I, so. I knew it. <laughs> it kills me. Like I, I was listening to it just like on my head, not on this, the other day. Uh, just that song absolutely gives me full body chills it's so good <laughs> is there um other than the divinals is there anything at the moment that you're currently listening to on repeat or is it just just that record at the moment <laughs> yeah no there's stuff that i'm really really gassed on at the moment it's um i really love this scottish band called uh walt disco um they are fucking sick, man. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extremely pompios, which is mm-hmm. a um, that's a word that Jay Watson invented um, <laughs> in his sort of like hyperspeed way. Like it, it just came out. It's really, really, really pompios. <laughs> it's like, did he say pompios? <laughs> It just makes a sort of mashup of two words. It's happened a few times. It's incredible. It's like um, it's like his brain is revving too hard. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a Walt Disco, uh, 
insanely good, insanely good. I really like um, their record Unlearning um, and the song uh, How Cool Are You and um, Be an Actor, which is an, another, you know, that's an example of what you are talking about before with really, really kind of quite heartbreaking, stirring lyrics and really um, kind of soaring music. Um, I've been thrashing uh, Bronco by Orville mm-hmm. Peck. Um, Solid record. Fucking wicked, man. Jesus. Mm. That is so, <laughs> so good. Um, what is that? I, um, I sat around last year and wished so many times that I would die. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, gorgeous. Um, uh, and the new sling, album by the Slingers, a Melbourne band. Oh, very solid choices. Yeah, they. They. So I think they all kind of have a uh, have a through line of being um, very open hearted. Um, and man, I saw when I was down at Nanup, I saw Lincoln McKinnon's band, who Thea, who plays flute in my band, also plays sax in his band. And man, it was so good. And it's the same sort of thing. That sort of, um, I don't know. It, 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 it can you use? Is can Springsteen be like <laughs> Springsteen esque? It's you yes. know. I, I think that's um. I think that is a through line of a lot of the music I like. It has a sort mm. of Springsteen esque, um, loud, open hearted bare-chested kind of <laughs> tear-filled eyes, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lincoln McKinnon, great, great stuff too. Look, very solid choices. We'll put those in the show notes <laughs> for that's... today's episode um, along with where uh, listeners can find all the details for your record, Nick. It is Manganese. It is out June 9th. Uh, you will be on tour as well throughout June in Australia, so we'll put all the tour details in the show notes for people to find. But thank you so much for coming uh, back onto the podcast. I do appreciate it. Oh, man, it's always a pleasure. I, I love it. <laughs> Have me back anytime. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.